Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm excited about this episode because you know how hard it is to get this guy, Cody Sperber, on the show. He's incredibly busy. He's a rock star in the real estate space. All of you listening to my podcast know who Cody is. He's the master clever investor from Clever Investor. And I'm excited to have him on this show because I got a lot of questions I want to ask Cody. And I know these are going to be a lot of questions that you guys have wanted to ask Cody before as well. Cody does not do podcasts, okay? I asked Cody a couple years ago, hey, can I get you on my show? He said, no. I said, come on, I thought we were friends. He said, uh, no, we are friends, but we're not, I don't do podcasts. And so um, I've been bugging him and I finally got him on the show. So Cody, how are you, man? I'm glad you're finally here. I'm doing great. And you're looking good. Good to see you again. It was uh, great to see you, uh, you know, in Florida. And I'm excited to be able to come and share and, you know, just uh, be part of your community for a small amount of time. And I, I do want to say I'm sorry for saying no to you before, but I promise you I'm going to bring the heat right now. You know, it's, it's, it's been kind of weird because I just had my head down for the last few years, just build my companies. You know, you know how hard it is to, to balance home life and building a big education company and running my real estate investing business. Plus, I, you know, have uh, been fortunate enough to make a lot of money and I parlayed that money into a bunch of other businesses. I own wine storage facilities and internet marketing companies and digital company, all kinds of stuff. And so it's a lot. And well, so I, I you're, uh, you're just, you're extremely busy, Cody, and um, congratulations to you. I mean, you've built an incredible business. And the most important thing, Cody, is you're making a huge difference in people's lives, right? You're educating thousands and thousands of people on how to get started in real estate. Most people out there who are in the education business, you know, they're out there just trying to get the, the beginning. I mean, sorry, they're just out there trying to get the more advanced investors that are already doing a bunch of deals, right? but you're helping the little folks, right? The, the smaller people just getting started who have no idea even what real estate investing is. And you've made it a mission to impact their lives, which I think is awesome. And I'm not just saying that to blow smoke because I know you don't like that anyway. <laughs> but it's yeah, the truth, no, right? Uh, you know, um, I think we both share a passion for being a servant leader. And I think, you know, when you look back at our journeys, and you see what real estate and creative real estate has done for our families and the ability to make money, you know, and turn it on and the empowerment that money can do for you. I mean, I'm the, I'm the first person in my family that's ever became a millionaire and then gone off to become a multimillionaire. And it's kind of cool because, you know, for generations, nobody's ever gone to college. I'm the first kid to ever go to college. And, you know, now I'm, successful in the real estate business. And I look at my kids and I'm like, man, I can't wait to see you take it even further than me. And I'm trying, I'm trying everything that I can to give them that platform to really launch and go yeah. much further faster than I ever did. So I'm just passionate about it. So I, I, I love to share it. 
Well, it comes through, Cody, and all the stuff that you do. Um, it's very professional. It's very well done. You put a lot of thought and resources into it from your webinars to your live events to your own videos on YouTube. You've really established yourself as an authority in the real estate investing space. And uh, it's good for you. Congratulations on doing such a good job of that. I mean, being so professional, yeah. but also you're just having fun too, right? And that just comes through every video yeah. you and guys thank do. You. Thank you for do being you. I think you build a amazing community as well. And your podcast rocks, dude. You know, you got, you got one of the best ones out there. I listen to a lot of podcasts and yours is by far one of the best. So well, good thank job you. on that. I've known you for a long time. I watched you build this. I'm very proud of you. You're kicking butt. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. I want to ask you, Cody, I want you to go deeper into your story. Like what were you doing? Cause you've got a great story, right? Like and not a lot of people hear about it. Not a lot of people know where you kind of started and how you worked your butt off to get where you are, right? So can you talk about that? Just tell us where you were a few years ago. Yeah, I'll give the Cliff Notes version because I know people want to get into the real estate meat and potatoes. But, you know, I was in the military and I was in the Navy. And to be honest with you, I went into the Navy because... I always felt like something inside me was different. I couldn't put my finger on exactly what it was, but like the idea of working a nine to five my entire life and, you know, just I uh, watched my dad work so, so hard. And I always just felt like, man, I want something different for my life. I always had an entrepreneurial spirit within me. I didn't know how it would come out, but I knew I wasn't destined to do the traditional go get a corporate job, work your way up the corporate ladder thing. And I knew I wasn't really sure if I was ready for college. And if I was to just shoot to you straight, I was scared to go to college. I was very immature and young looking my whole life. Uh, and now I'm 40 years old. People are like, no way you're 40. And it's a blessing now. But I mean, go back to high school. When you look like you're 14 years old and you're graduating high school, it's like, oh my gosh. So I just pictured going to college and my backpack was the same size as me and I hadn't grown yet. And I knew that wasn't for me. So I I wanted to follow my dad's footsteps. So I decided I'm going to go in the Navy and it was a huge blessing. I'm so grateful that I made that choice and that my, my dad pushed me in that direction because the Navy taught me the, it helped me grow up. It taught me the importance of structure and systems and respect and integrity and all, you know, I got to travel the world. And when you're sitting in some of these third world countries, I went to like 30 countries, you're sitting in these third world countries and you're looking around and you really get a real appreciation for the opportunities you have back here in the United States. And I just, I knew, I was like, man, I'm forever grateful for this moment to have these opportunities. I'm gonna stop complaining as much about my circumstances when you, when you see all the desperation and just lack of resources, lack of money, lack of everything. And, and here I am, you know, being a baby about certain things. And it's just like, I'm not gonna do that anymore. So I, I got to man up in, the military. And when you get out, you really, it's very, it's like a loss of structure. You, you come out of the gates and they punch a hole in your card and it's like you're released back into the wild. And it's almost like getting out of prison in a way you feel like so unsure of yourself. Like, Oh man, what do I do? Where do I go? I'm so used to all this structure. And so at the time I thought I was going to be a high school history teacher. That was job number one that I wanted to be in. The only reason I picked that job is because I originally wanted to be a marine biologist. And then when I joined the Navy coming from Arizona, never being on a boat in my life, I got so freaking seasick 
the first day I got on a boat, I got seasick and I'm like, man, I joined the Navy really out of every branch. That's what I chose to do. And I threw up every time we went out to sea. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be a marine biologist. That's out the, uh, out the window. So I want to be a high school teacher. So I went and spoke to the San Diego Community College history professor. And he was nice enough to have this conversation with me. And I said, I think I'm about to go to college to become a history professor. If you don't mind me asking, how much do you make? Ooh. And he kind of paused and stared at me. And he's like, <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not enough. And I said, well, just hit me with it. And he said, I make like 45000 to 48000 a year. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you got like a master's degree. Like you're a smart dude. I, I just couldn't visualize my life being like that. Yeah. And I'm passionate about history. I'm passionate about teaching, but I couldn't do it. And so I went and asked my dad, what should I do? He said, just go get a degree in finance. No matter what job you go into, at least you'll have the fundamental language of business under your belt. And I'm horrible at math. Like I can't count on my fingers and toes. Like I'm bad and I have ADD and I'm just not that guy. And so I'm like, oh, so I forcefully enroll in college. And thankfully at the time, the MGI bill was putting my butt through school because I couldn't even afford it on my own. And I didn't come, my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I didn't come from any resources like that for they, my dad to be able to afford that. So College was putting me, I mean, uh, Navy was putting me through college and I just got freaking lucky that one day my buddy Jeremy asked me to go to lunch and I'm like, sure, I'll meet you for lunch. And he pulls up in a brand new Mercedes. Now, yeah. now in the military, I read, I read things, you know, different books, you know, Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. I think somebody might even have gave me at some point the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And I remember I threw it like in a locker and I, I didn't read it for a long time. And when I finally read it, I went down that rabbit hole. And I was like, wow, this is cool. But I didn't do anything with it. And then I go to this lunch with my friend, Jeremy, he pulls up in a brand new Mercedes. And I'm like, bro, what gives? How did you do that? And he's like, oh, you'll never guess. I flipped a house and I made $80,000. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't have any money. How, what do you mean you bought and flipped a house? And he goes, oh, I didn't buy it. I just... I flipped it and he pulls out a napkin and literally pencils out the wholesaling process on a freaking napkin. And I remember staring at it and all my preconceived notions about real estate were being shattered as he's scribbling this process down on this napkin. And I'm thinking to myself, this can't be real. Like I'm so, I'm like this guy, I'm skeptical. I'm like, no way. This can't be real. Like you find a seller that wants to sell and you find a buyer that wants to buy and you're like matchmaking and like, you know, you're using marketing to do this. And I either thought it it was BS or I thought you got lucky. It happens one time and that's it. You know, I thought you needed a real estate license. I thought you needed to know about construction to do real estate. Like I thought you had that money. And so I took that napkin home and I stared at it for a couple of days. And I remember thinking to myself, if this is real, I'm going to figure this out because this is cool. This is creative. It's different. It's unique. If that guy can do it, I can do it. And so if you go back to 14 years ago, no YouTube, no blogs, very little information online. There was a couple like forums and like, it was really scattered information. And what was big at the time was like infomercial gurus and like big seminars and that kind of stuff. So I just did what a lot of people do. And I went down that real estate rabbit hole and I just went to every seminar 
every workshop, every boot camp. I did every bus tour. I did everything and spent a fortune, money I didn't even have. I was just swipe, 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 swipe the old credit card, borrow money from my dad, do whatever I could because uh, I wanted to learn. And I, and, and the more I got to get the information, the more excited I got. So this and was 2004, year, 2005, right? 2004. Yeah. Okay. 2003 is when I started. 2004 is when I, you know, it rolled into 2004, but I had all these courses and I'm talking about like old school things, Carlton Sheets, Al Lowry, like some of these really old school guys. And I would lay everything out on the table and I would stare at it. And I feel like I'm a smart guy. Like I'm not, I'm like real street smarts, you know? And, and I'm like, what am I missing here? I, I, I would take the page. I would read it 30 times. I go try to do it and I couldn't get it off the ground. One month turned into two months, turned to five months, turned to six months. And all my excitement, right, was in my self-limiting beliefs and me telling everybody I'm going to go do this all started like imploding in on me as the time went on and I wasn't getting any traction and I started getting pissed off. I started becoming coming like super cynical. I, I started, I kept trying to do things my way. I would like read something in a book and I tried to make it my own and do it my way. And it just wasn't working. And by the nine month mark, I hadn't done a deal, right? Here's my buddy, Jeremy doesn't know anything flips his first freaking house and makes a new Mercedes and a bunch of money. And here I am nine months in, I'm $30,000 in credit card debt. I've now flown all over the place, gone to 50 seminars and I don't have anything to show for it. Hmm. And I remember my parents sitting me down and this is a really good lesson for a lot of people because uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through this evolution at some point. And I love my dad. I wouldn't change a single thing about my childhood. But when you're idle, you're person you look up to sits you down and says, I, I think you're making a mistake. You, you, you shouldn't be focusing on this. Finish college, get a good job, work your way up. And when you have money, then if you want to re do real estate, go do real estate. But like, you can't do real estate before you have money. And it's just not working. You're not that guy. You should stop messing around with this. You're, you're, you're just digging a bigger hole. And I remember being so defiant but yet scared to death because I was like, is he right? And I went home and I'm all stressed out and I don't know what to do. And I feel like I'm not pleasing my parents and I'm making a mistake. And uh, I share that because uh, now, 14 years later, my dad works for me. <laughs> I retired my parents at a certain point yeah. in time through real estate. And to be honest with you, I did quit at one point. There, were, there was one part there was one point in time where about nine and a half months in, I threw in the town. I said, I'm, I'm done with creative real estate investing. Maybe I'm going to try something else, but for right now I'm done. And I went and got a job as a bookkeeper because not only did my dad give me that ultimatum, but Shannon, my girlfriend at the time gave me the ultimatum like, Hey, by next month, if you haven't done a deal, you got to get a job. And my bills were due. And so I went and got a job as a bookkeeper and I don't even, I never, I lied on the resume. I told him I knew how to do books but I needed a job so bad. It was the only job posting yeah. that was available. And I thought, well, I'm in finance. Maybe they'll give me a job. And so I, the night, I got the job and the night before I was supposed to show up, I power read through uh, bookkeeping for dummies. 
Holy smokes. Because I needed to figure it out. <laughs> and I, so I went to this job. And I, the only reason I took the job is the guy was a real estate developer. And so I felt like even though I quit real estate and I quit trying, at least I was somewhat like connected because he was in the business. And so I show up for this job. And since day one, I'm watching all this money come into his books. Him, He had like a... Uh, 20 or 30 rehab projects in historic downtown Phoenix. He was a historic developer and that was his niche. And I would watch all this money come in and all this money go out and I'd watch all the money left over. And I'm like, man, this guy who's a complete jerk, who isn't even a good business guy, has all this money coming in and out. What gives? Why do I suck so bad? And I'm sitting in traffic every single day and I sit in a cubicle every single day and I'm watching this guy get wealthy and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm just part of this guy's world now and I've given up on my dreams. And so I do, I complain, I moan, I do everything that, you know, you would expect for somebody who is settling. And thankfully, right around that time, a couple things happened. It was like the perfect storm. At that time, my parents, my dad actually got fired from his job and there was some financial instability in my parents' house. And there was a big swell up of motivation for me to want to help my parents. And I couldn't because I had this credit card debt and I had this job that I was making like 36, 37, 38. I forget what I was making, but it was $38,000 a year or something like that, that I didn't even like. And I couldn't really financially help him and stay afloat myself. My girlfriend is basically telling me, quit complaining, quit moaning. I don't want to be with somebody who's being a baby you're either going to love your job and be great at it and lean in on it, or you're going to quit and go try to do the real estate thing again or, or go do something else. But I'm not going to marry somebody who's a whiny baby their whole life. And uh, my friend Zach, who I met when I was trying to do real estate, went off and uh, became part of this group by this real estate guru named Jack Miller, who passed away a few years ago. And he said, hey, Jack Miller is having an event. I'd love to have you come as my guest. Why don't you come to this event with me? And I, at first I said, no, I don't want to go to this event. It's not for me. And Zach was persistent. My wife or my girlfriend was persistent. Hey, go. It should be good for you. So I reluctantly say, yes, I'm going to go to this event. I show up. There's about 300 people in the audience. Jack Miller is up on stage. He's telling the greatest stories. Everybody's like just zeroed in on his story. And I look out into the crowd and it's everybody I bought courses from frantically taking notes. They're all in the crowd. And I'm like, what the heck kind of event is this? I bought course from that guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. And they're all studying this Jack Miller guy. So I'm like, okay, this guy must be the real deal. And I, as soon as I walked into that room, it instantly felt different. It wasn't like, like all the other guys that just wanted to sell you a course. It was a community. It was, there was love in the air. There was passion. There was energy. And it was like, okay. And it, and it wasn't because there was all these like, it wasn't a show that he was putting on. It just was the real deal. And I was instantly like, wow, if there was ever a place I can actually make this happen, it, it would be here. And so I, I, during the lunch break, I go to lunch and I'm sitting at the bar ordering my food. And there's this old man sitting there. He's got Adidas sweatpants. It's pulled up like right below his nipples. He's got an old disheveled polo wrinkly shirt that you could tell he's never ironed, tucked into his Adidas pants, these big old man shoes. And he's sitting at the bar just 
you know, looking at me and he just starts going, oh, <laughs> what's going on, young buck? You know, he's talking to me like that. And I said, oh, not much. And we start talking. Come to find out, he's got a, a, a winter home in Arizona, which wasn't too far from where I live. Part of the time he lived in Colorado. Part of the time he lived in Arizona. His name was Lyle. And that he ended up becoming my first true mentor in the real estate business. I was talking to him and I knew instantly this guy was like legitimately as real as they get. He was an old cash flow investor. He had, I don't even know how many tens of millions of dollars inside his self-directed Roth. He was a transactional engineer. He would take a deal and he would dissect it and he would figure out 40 different profit centers to be able to uh, pull out of this deal and create all these win-win-win scenarios. And he just did things you couldn't learn in books. And I was attracted to him. I was like, man, how, how I need to learn what you have in your head. Like I'm this young guy, I'm full of passion. I can, I don't have a lot of money, but you know, I'll do whatever it takes to get close to you. Cause I knew proximity was power. And I knew that the way I tried doing it the first time where I was winging it, that didn't work for me. And so I finally committed and I said, listen, if you teach me real estate, I promise you that I will trust the process. I'm not going to make it my own. I'm not going to lay everything out on the table and only take bits and pieces of it. I'm going to actually lean in and just, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And so he took me on as, as his student and nice. that guy, he changed my life. You know, the power, you know, obviously now I'm mentoring other people. And it's only because of the experience I had with Lyle. Without him, I wouldn't be where I am. And it's not because Lyle was so great or because I'm so great. It's because great people locked arms with me along the way. Yeah. And I was able to take and leverage pieces of their experiences. And I always say stuff like this, Joe, because I, I really mean it. I can't stand, I used to, that first period of time, I would wear my failure on my sleeve like a badge of honor. Look really? at me fighting. Look at me trying. Here I am. I'm, I'm fighting a good fight. I'm working 14 hours a day. Look at me go. But I wasn't making money. I say screw that now. I finally smartened up and I'm like, I want to learn from you. Like I want, I don't want to wear failure as a badge of honor. I want to wear success as a badge of honor. Like I want to pick up where you left off. I'm sick of winging it. I'm sick of trial and error. I'm sick of struggling the way I am. And I'm really sick of being broke. You know, I don't want, I, I, I mean, my back's against the wall. This has to work now. If I fail again, like my self-limiting, my, my uh, uh, whatever you call it, my internal so, being is going to be crushed. And I just knew I had to make it happen. And so we worked really hard. It, it was that, that next year was the most fun, most profitable and hardest work I ever put in. Because you got to build all those relationships, you know, you had to, I had to have all these breakthroughs, which normally had a breakdown right in front of them, you know? So it was like, okay, Cody, this week, we're not doing 50 things. This is what Lyle would say. We're not doing 50 things. We're doing one thing and we're going to crush it today. This week we're talking on the phones and that's it. And I'm like, that's the only thing I do. And he goes from morning till night, all day, every day, until I tell you to stop, we're dominating phones. You know, maybe the next week was you know, comping properties, analyzing deals, becoming a transactional engineer. Next week was just raising money. Next week was just going on seller appointments. Next week, next week was just getting realtors to bring you deals. And he would focus me. And I think that's the challenge a lot of new people have is when you don't have that accountability partner in your life, 
you're, you, you just do whatever you're is most comfortable to you at that time or whatever you feel like doing. And normally that's 10% of a little bit of this and 10% of a little bit of this and 10% over here. And then 90 days blinks by and you're like, well, why, why haven't I gotten any deals? Why haven't I felt any progress? You know, it's because you did 10% of 10 different things and that doesn't work. Let me tell you something, man. Just uh, two days ago, Cody, I was speaking at an event in Raleigh, Durham, and um, it was a uh, it was an event where there were several speakers selling their stuff. And one lady came up to me and she started telling me how she's having a hard time. She's really struggling. She's flat broke, but she's got a little bit of extra money left. She said, "I've bought tons of courses." And uh, I said, "Really? Why are you broke then?" And she said, "Well, none of them are really any good." And I said. So what's your question? She said, well, I want to know, should I buy your course? And I was, I was selling it for $9.97. I said, you know, I don't know if you should. Like, tell me what's going on. What are the courses that you've bought in the past? And she started listing about all of the courses that she had, and she had maybe 10 of them. And I said, why again have you not made any money with that? She said, well, I did a little bit of this, and it didn't work. So then I did a little bit of this, and it didn't work. I did a little bit of that. And I said, you shouldn't buy any more courses. You need to go back to that first course that you bought and just implement it. And I asked her, how many offers have you made in the last week? None. So how much time do you, she's full-time in real estate. She's not made any offers. And I said, maybe that's your problem. You're not making any offers, right? Well, you know, but and she had excuse after excuse after excuse. And that's not somebody I even want to have as a customer, to be honest. But I was doing, I was giving her the best advice I could give her. I think it was this, take what you've already learned and just implement it, right? And so she's just doing 10% of this and then 10% of that, like you were just saying, you need to go back and just take what you already know and implement it. Like your guy's telling you that one week, all we're going to do is focus on this one thing. That's where the key to success is. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think it's hard though, when you're, when you're in that moment, you know, what's the saying? Like, it's hard to see the forest when you're in the trees or whatever, yeah, you know, it's just like, like when, you're, when you're down in it, it's so hard. There's so many factors going on. And, and that's why I love the idea of mentoring others and being their accountability partner and helping them because you can get a strategic advantage point from up here. You know, I've been in this business for 14 years now and I made every mistake under the sun. Sometimes even when Lyle told me, whatever you do, don't do this. I still went out and did it because I thought I was smarter. I can outmaneuver it or I can control it. You know, and, and I still got my butt whooped at times. And so all those lessons that you learn along the way, that wisdom and the skills and the capabilities that you gain, that's what people are paying for. When they come and say, I want to get close to you, Joe, they're trying, they're, they need to understand it's not an expense. You're cutting a check to go further faster. You're cutting a check to pick up where Joe left off. And I, that's a very powerful thing that if you're going to, we spend money on the dumbest stuff, right? Spend money on your future, spend money on your, you know, to gain more capabilities in your life. And that, that, that to me, I got, I smartened up after Lyle. I was like, I'm, I'm hiring everybody who's the best of the best, no matter whatever I'm leaning in on, whether it's the wine storage business, whether it's the internet marketing, digital marketing, education business, I hire the best copywriters to come and train me, the best funnel builders to come and train me, the best, you know, I, I, I get lucky enough to have 
some of the best pitch man and pitch women in the entire world to come and critique my videos and all that stuff. Because I know that once I could take one sentence sometimes of something that they've learned through trial and error, and I can take and grab that and avoid a massive amount of heartache and make a ton of money with it. And so I highly encourage anybody to, uh, that's watching this, do whatever it takes to get proximity to powerful people. That's very, that's, that's very important if you want to be successful in business. It's very good. Very true. So can you talk about like what year was this when you started actually doing deals and making money? Yeah, it was probably 2004-ish, you know, okay. and middle to end of 2004 when I finally started doing deals. And, and I, I got a couple little deals as Lyle was helping me get up off the ground and get focused. And um, where Lyle was really good is he was amazing in person, right? And so like, he really urged me to get out to the house, build rapport. He taught me influence and negotiation techniques, but he was an old school guy. He was a meet people, network your brains out, um, shake mm-hmm. hands, kiss babies type of guy. He wasn't like a high tech guy. He, he, for, for being older, he was pretty good on a computer, but like, yeah, marketing wasn't his thing from that standpoint. He was more of an in-person guy. But what I brought to the table was all of that. I had the youthful energy. I had the, you know, as soon as blogs started coming out, I was, you know, in there trying to figure out what a blog was and how search engine optimization works. And, uh, you know, as soon as social came out, I was in heaven. Cause I was like, man, look at this marketing platform. Like, this is awesome. I never looked at social as like, let me post pictures of my food or tell you what I'm doing with my day. I looked at that as like the greatest lead gen strategy and platform ever. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why I leaned in on social and was always an early adopter. And so together we were very powerful. So I did a couple little deals, but I remember my first big deal. And that first big deal was that, that, that uh, I, I actually made $40,000 and I was so proud of myself because it was a divorce situation it was a foreclosure situation and it was a bankruptcy situation all in one. It was like a triple threat. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into the deal and I had no idea what I was doing. So I would call, what do I do, Lyle? And he'd say, well, you got to first call the you know, bankruptcy attorney. It's like, okay, all right, thanks. I'll call you back. You know, And it's like, you go call the bankruptcy attorney. What do I do? Well, we have a letter with a, a divorce attorney. You got to call the divorce attorney. And I call out, what do I say to the divorce attorney? Are you telling this? Okay, I'll call you back. And so I was just putting this deal together and I ended up making $40,000 on the deal. And it was the most money I ever made at one time in my life. And I remember staring at the check being so proud of that. Like I did this, like, this is my money. I I'm self-made at this point. Like I did it. And that empowered me to quit my job as a bookkeeper. It empowered me to buy an engagement ring for Shannon. You know, I instantly was like, I got to lock that girl down. You know, she, she's, she's awesome. And I don't want her to smarten up and realize, you know, I'm not as funny as she thought I was or something. And uh, I was able to help my parents out. I even bought myself something. I think, I think whenever you close a deal, you should celebrate. You know, you should definitely celebrate and take care of yourself. And so I did one really nice thing for myself, which kind of shocks a lot of people because they, they all think, Oh, I'm going to go, you know, buy a car, take a vacation and all that stuff. But for me, I was so stressed for so long and I was under so much financial pressure and I don't know about you, but it consumed me. Have you ever been at that place where you're just so like beat up and uh, I was so tired 
of fighting. I was, I felt like years of fighting, trying to get this thing together and just not, you know, do the traditional nine to five thing. And when it finally started becoming real, I just wanted to sleep at night and not be stressed anymore. So I went straight to the bed store and I bought the nicest Tempur-Pedic bed they had. And I remember it was an expensive bed. And for me, I didn't care. I was like, I'll take that one. And it was the one up on the rotating platform at the lights down on it. And I'm like, I want that one. (laughs) And I still have that bed. You know, I, I, every, it's been years and my wife's like, you know, Hey, can we sell the bed? I'm like, Nope, flip it over, rotate it. We're good for another five years because I'm not getting rid of the thing. I, that was a symbol to me that you deserve this. You deserve a good night's sleep. You put in the work, let's celebrate. And, uh, so that was like the, the pivoting point from, for my career where, the distance between deals started getting shorter and shorter after that point. And that's only because that year's worth of seed planning, all those relationships, all those times I shook hands, offered value, served others, it started coming back. And it was like, oh man, it wasn't one from deal one to deal two might've been a month and a half, but the distance between deal two and deal three was three weeks. And then deal three to deal four was two weeks and it just condensed and everything started getting easier. And I started getting systems and processes put into my business. I started uh, being able to leverage better. You know, leverage in real estate is everything. It's the most powerful tool we have. You got to leverage other people's time, other people's money, other people's credibility. I used to go on appointments and I would leverage Lyle's credibility. I'd say I'm with Lyle. Yeah. Right. He, he's done. Cause I didn't do any deals. He's done over 500 deals. That's why you want to work with us. We have a track record. And so I, I think that's very important for people to, to at all costs, figure out how you can leverage other people's time, resources, money, skills, connections, all that stuff. Yeah. And eventually you'll be able to build a brag book. And uh, every time I did a deal, I would take before pictures, after pictures. If it was a rehab or if it was a wholesale, I'd get all, I'd, I'd build a one sheet, like a, like a, a brag sheet. And before you know it, I kind of had this brag book where I would go around and whenever I met with people, I'd say, look, this is, this is me. Do, I'm a deal maker. This is me doing deals. And instantly I became more credible. And now it's even easier because you don't even have to build the book. Just go get 50,000 followers on Instagram and you're instantly credible. Oh, yeah. You know, you can build a personal brand now at a level we've never seen before in human history because of Instagram and YouTube, and it's all free. It's just you doing this. Hey, what's going on, guys? Cody Sperber here standing in front of another property. This one is a wholesale deal, you know, and pitching the deal, putting those up on your YouTube channel. Not only are you going to build a big cash buyer list, but you're going to let the marketplace know you're you're a deal maker, and it's it's free. So... uh, you I know. see a lot more. I see a lot more people doing that today in different markets. Not as much in the Midwest, but I see people doing that in uh, in Phoenix and in California, in in Vegas and Miami and Florida area, especially where you get these guys that are just hustling, but they're not not hustling in the bad sense of the word. But they're working hard, but they're just documenting their process in Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, mm-hmm. and it's it gives them credibility. It gives them kind of star rock power and uh, it, it's helping them find deals, find private lenders, 
and even find sellers or other wholesalers or investors that might want to partner with you on a deal, right? Absolutely. And yeah, uh, it's, ro it's rock star power. What did I say? Star rock? Star rock. <laughs> We're two old guys talking business. You can tell um, yeah, you know, and, and you're cool in my book. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, you know, but it, it's, it's a very powerful thing. And, you know, I, I was always looking out in the marketplace for trends. And I think it's really important to, to be an early adopter at new trends and have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. So as the, when I first got into the business, everybody was door knocking. That was like the big thing that everybody did. But I kind of saw the writing on the wall that this market was starting to escalate, that it was not going to be sustainable at that pace and that things were eventually going to shift. And so as they started melting down, I was already blogging about stopping foreclosure, short sale processes here in Arizona, loan modifications, like all the things I saw that were coming, I was an early adopter of that. And so when it finally happened, I was positioned as the expert in those areas online. And I think your online brand and your online reputation is something that you should work on every single day. It's whether it's you having your own blog or your own website where you can create content, you having your own YouTube channel where you can create content, look for those trends and start talking about that stuff early and positioning yourself. Because when it shifted, I was the number one person to rank organically on Google for almost all the phrases for foreclosure, stopping foreclosure, understanding the foreclosure process. I own foreclosurecounseling.com, all the short sale phrases, how does a short sale work? Basically any phrase you would ever Google about short sales and loan modifications. And it was funny because my wife used to make fun of me because I would get up at like five in the morning and from five to like 6.30 was my, like my online blogging time where I would write these articles and about these different you know, keywords I was trying to go after. And I would post them on all these different sites and uh, she'd be like, you know, oh, are you doing your drawings again? You know, and she would kind of nudge me and, and mess with me. I guess that's an old Saturday Night Live skit of Stuart Smiley doing drawings or I don't know. Anyway, she would mess with me. And then all of a sudden one day, my computer was like, ding. Oh, I got a lead. And then the next day, ding, ding. Next day, ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, look who's doing the drawing. Look who paid yeah. off now. And all of a sudden, I started getting this lead flow. And there's levels of leads. And the best lead out there, in my opinion, is somebody who's melting down. They're stressed out. They have a housing challenge or a financial challenge. And they go online and they submit their property to your website. Or they pick up the phone and call you. And if you're quick to respond and you can get there quick, that is one of the highest caliber leads you can possibly ever generate, mm -hmm. right? And if you can oh, yeah. build a rapport with, build a connection, build a rapport with them and get out there, you're gonna get a deal. It might be one out of three or one out of seven, but those are some of the highest and most profitable deals and I wanted all of them, you know, especially here in Arizona. And so I share that with you because even though it's not a short-term play where you immediately get the results, if you're in this business for the long term and you really want to make millions, multiple millions of dollars per year, you got to dominate online. You got to dominate on social. Um, yeah. And it's easier now than ever to do that. So can you give us some advice? Because you are really good at this, Cody, and, and you have some students that are doing really well with this as well. Can you talk a little bit about 
how could somebody who's just getting started in the business start building a brand, start building their online social presence? Yeah. First off, my best advice is don't try to do multiple platforms at one time. It's too much. Don't lean in on Facebook for a couple hours a day, then lean in on Instagram, then lean in on YouTube. Pick one and dominate it. Like literally dominate it. Like think to yourself, there's nothing that's going to get in my way. I will dominate this platform. I will grow my audience. I will be the most consistent, the most enthusiastic, the most intent on my goals. I'm going to dominate this platform. So that's first and foremost. I see a lot of people, they, they do a little bit on Facebook, a little bit on Instagram, and they don't get the traction. Second piece of advice is you got to stay consistent and you have to change up your conversation because if you're just consistent with just one message, it gets old and people get tuned out, right? I see this happen all the time in the MLM space where they're just like shoving this MLM message, you know, buy this lotion and potion, take these pills, you know, join this thing and, you know, sell a video phone, whatever MLM is hot at the moment. And all the friends and family members, they get all weirded out because the messaging is so strong and it's so consistent that they just tune it out. For me, I kind of think of everything like a, like a wheel or like a, let's take a, like a pizza. Each slice of the pizza is a different conversation I want to have with people. And I want to share a different part of my personality with them. Cause at the end of the day, it, even though we're lead gen and doing lead generation, it's social and people go on there for a social aspect. So you want to share some personal stuff on there along with your real estate you know, dreams and, and your business and all that. You want to share motivational things and influential things and motivational things and positive things. You want to do some spiritual stuff on there too, if that's in you, some uh, lifestyle stuff, like really try to go around the wheel and touch a little bit on each topic as you go around. And you got to be a little kind of bold. It's weird when you first start going live. Like let's, just take Instagram. Instagram has a lot of different features for you to communicate with your followers. You can just post on your wall, right? You can do a story. You can go live within your stories. You could just do a regular story. You could do a swipe up story where you try and pull them off of Instagram and pull them over onto somewhere else. And so utilize those other features, but be bold enough and loud enough and passionate enough about your thing that you want to consistently go go live, post on your wall, and do your stories multiple times per day. My recommendation is minimum of three postings per day for at least 90 days to condition your followers to see you. And what happens is after you do that for 90 days straight, three times a day, 9 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m., what happens is you start to train your followers. We do this with our email lists. We do this with anything that we're doing in marketing is you want to train your followers on how to interact with you and what to expect from you. And you want to condition them, uh, but you switch it up with those different messages. Uh, so that's another piece of advice. And uh, nowadays, invest in video, right? If and at, at the beginning, you can't afford it, just use your cell phone. But if you can get just a simple light ring, right? That way you have better lighting. If you can get you know uh, a microphone for some better audio, if you can even hire a guy to follow you around one day a week so you can cut five, six videos within an hour and post those on your social, it's the best investment you can make when it comes to building a personal brand. I have five full-time videographers. Wow. I make millions and millions of dollars off of social media, Joe. 
I mean, I'm just at the point now where the, the social presence has grown. I make millions of dollars. Everybody that follows me knows I'm so passionate about real estate, passionate about my family. I'm passionate about cool cars. You know, I love to have fun. I love to be goofy. I'm super authentic. I share the wins and the losses, but I invest in it. I invested in it from day one and I made a commitment that I'm going to dominate it. And so I started with LinkedIn. This is way back in the day. I started with LinkedIn. Then I rolled over to Facebook, got that up and going. And then I leaned in on Instagram and now I'm working on uh, YouTube. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's good. That to me, YouTube's the future to me. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody is just doing real estate investing, they're not doing the education stuff of all of the different channels out there. What, which one would you dial into and recommend? And would you start targeting, would you recommend the beginning investor to, to target their city in the videos that they do? You know, like what, if, if, if I was starting in St. Louis, would you, would you suggest to me to target St. Louis investing, St. Louis, we buy houses, things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I if, if I was just doing real estate, I would pick either Instagram or YouTube, whichever one is more comfortable to you. I like YouTube because I think as a real estate investor, you can dial in and target a little bit better than on Instagram. So for instance, ev- let's say you want to, you're going to be a wholesaler, right? You could build a very strong cash buyer list just by going around to all the other wholesalers properties, oh. stand in front of it and pitch them right? Hey guys, I'm out of this property at 555 Main Street. This is a distressed property. It's off market. If you want access to deals like this, this is a three bedroom, two bath. It's 1240 square feet. It needs full kitchen, full bath. This one's a hot one. It's going to go fast. Whether you want to check out this one or you want to get on my buyer's list, get that VIP status where I call you first. Right below this video is going to be a, uh, in the description is going to be my contact information. I'm, I'm serving up the hottest deals in the game. If you're a rehabber, I got your back, right? Not only am I going to serve you up good deals, I'm also going to connect you with local vendors. I'm also going to connect you with the money. I'm going to hook you up, right? I'm your dude. And if you're a landlord, I got, I got your back as well. You know, landlords don't have to buy at, you know, retail and just buy for cash flow. If you could buy it right and buy it at an extreme discount, then you're going to be set up with instant equity within your deal right from the get-go. Below is my link to my, my uh, uh, VIP list. Let's talk, right? And let's, let's just say they're doing that pitch, but they're just, they don't have inventory. So they just go around to everybody else's deals. Well, that's, I love that. That's, that's one that's side really of the, good. that's one side of the transaction. And then the other side of the transaction is obviously, Hey guys, my name's Cody. And you can still even be standing in front of the same house. You could just hit stop and hit re-record. You know, if you're looking to sell your house because it's old and outdated, if you're looking to, you know, get rid of a problem property, if you're stressed out financially and you need an all-cash offer, I would love to talk with you. Listen, I've been doing real estate for a while now, right? Because maybe I just started and I don't have any credibility and I can't say, because now I can say, I've done over a thousand deals. I'm a member of the BBB. I got the best credibility in the game. But if I don't have that, I've been doing real estate for a while now and I know what solutions are available to you. And believe it or not, you can get a all cash offer that's top dollar. You don't have to sell at an extreme discount to still feel good about selling your house and you don't have to pay commissions. You don't have to pay closing and just do the pitch, right? Yeah. And then title that video, whatever keyword phrase you're going after. So maybe that particular video is going to be for sell house fast Arizona. And that's my keyword phrase I'm going after. So the title of the video is sell house fast Arizona. In the description of my video, I put, I write four or five paragraphs about pretty much what I said. This, do this, take that video, transcribe it, 
and just stick the words in the description and just make sure the words sell house fast Arizona are two or three times throughout the description link that from the description to your squeeze page or your website, make sure your phone number's all over the dang thing yeah. and do one video for every keyword that you're going after or five videos for every keyword you're going after. It's free YouTube marketing. And after six months, you're going to dominate YouTube. You're going to dominate those keywords. And when you show up at a networking event, people are going to, your reputation is going to walk in the room before you. They're going to go, you're the YouTube guy. You're the guy that's always yeah. real loud on social. Oh man, let's talk. I want to do some business with you. What you got going on? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, and it's never before have we had the ability to do this. So I would lean in on YouTube. I would do exactly what I'm saying for both sides of the transaction and just build your buyers list that way. And you know, it's going to be six, six months, I would say is commitment. And I would try to get to a place where you post a video a day. That's great advice. Cause you know, the other thing it's going to give to you that you don't think about is that, um, and you mentioned it, but you're going to start getting other investors when they see you saying, Hey man, I got a deal. Maybe we can partner on it together. Right. Having those buyers is so important because it's going to give you the opportunity to partner in JV with other people, do some deals together. That's great advice. I'd never heard anybody can concisely give a great strategy as simple as that for this social media stuff. I like the fact that you're focusing on YouTube, talking about real deals, and it doesn't even have to be your deal, right? You could just go to other wholesalers deal, wholesalers deals. Um, if you wanted to, you could go to an old listing on the MLS that needs work that hasn't sold yet, right? And uh, maybe if you're a realtor, you get access into the house, do a video walkthrough of the house, talking about what work needs to be done and, and what a great deal this is and, and how, how awesome it would be to work with you. That's good. Dude, think, think about what you just said right there, Joe. Let's say you're a new real estate agent. And I love real estate agents, right? I think real estate agents are a very important member of the real estate community and your power team as an investor. But I see real estate agents sitting at open houses because they're new, you know, and they're trying to jump, get business. And they're just sitting there. And I'm like, this is your opportunity to go live. This is your opportunity to do some social posts. This is your opportunity to cut some videos. Why are you just sitting there wasting time? Yeah. You, you must not want to make a lot of money. You must not want to, because in today's busy world with 50 million blinking lights and everybody busy, uh, you got your family, you got your jobs, you got your pressures, your sports, your bills, your church, your this, your that, 50 million marketing messages hitting you from every single direction on every platform. How are you going to stand out in today's world? You have to be what I call omnipresent. If you're going to be the guy or gal that gets the deal that gets the lead, that builds the relationship, that goes further faster, you have to be the person that is omnipresent, omnipresence in these people's minds. And that just means top of mind. That's because when you see Cody Sperber and you come into my world, I, I literally wrap myself around you. You go on every social platform, I promise you I'll be there talking to you. Sometimes I talk directly, it's straight to pitch. Sometimes it's a, I'm just building a relationship. I'm telling old war stories. Sometimes I'm showing you my lifestyle. Sometimes I'm giving you free resources, but I will be on every platform once you come into my world. That's because I retarget you. I spend money to, to market to you. I want to build a relationship with you. And I'm doing that because I believe with all of me that I'm the best person on planet earth to help you. Right. And when you get there, you're not going to sit in an open house chilling you know, you're going to lean in on it and you're going to leverage every moment of that downtime to marketing, branding, building a personal brand 
and uh, just becoming omnipresent. That's so good, man, because some of you guys out there, you're, you're thinking those guys that do that stuff annoy me, but you need to look at it the other way and you need to look at what are they doing that you can copy and emulate and start doing yourself. There's a reason why you see Cody all over Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. It's because it works, right? Um, I'm on, I follow a couple guys on Instagram and I don't even remember their names. Somebody told me about them. They're crushing it right now doing a ton of deals. And they're out there every day doing five to 10 different Instagram stories and videos and pictures. They may be driving their car. They may be looking at a house. But you know what? They, they have thousands and thousands of followers. Don't look down on that and think, oh, that I would never do that. That's stupid. Look at it and like, no, man, I'm going to try to emulate that and copy it and just do what they're doing because it must be working. And, I th- I think and it, it feels awkward in the beginning, Joe. It really does. It's not a comfortable feeling going live and having one person show up and you're like, hey, or nobody. And you're talking to yourself, you know, like the energy, it's a, an awkward feeling. But through repetition and staying consistent, it becomes easier to do. You do start building the following and you start getting the traction. And then when you actually monetize it and you get rewarded by getting the deal or getting a new cash buyer on your list and you really feel good like wow I generated that with no money in the deal just some of my time and staying consistent and then all of a sudden more and more people start coming to you I'm now at a point where I have millions and millions of social media followers the deal flow is insane the opportunities are insane million dollar deals in my inbox on a daily basis And you're just like, God, now I'm picking and choosing what I want to do with my time. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I just thank God that I got out of my own way to quit being the nerdy, scared, self-limiting belief Cody that I used to be, the person that thought I wasn't a good salesperson and I'm, you know, not tall enough and I'm not old enough looking, I'm not credible enough, I don't have any money, you know, all these excuses to be in the person that finally conditioned myself to go, you know what, I am worthy of success. I'm worthy of sharing my knowledge and my capabilities with other people. I'm actually freaking really good at it. And maybe, and there's a lot of haters out there. I get it all the time. I just tune that stuff out and I just keep moving forward. I don't acknowledge it. I don't buy into it. I don't sit there and dwell on it. I just block, delete, move on. And you know what? It's, it's been a, a, a formula that has worked and it's going to continue to work. And now I'm teaching other people to do it and it's working for them and you should do it. Cause it will work for you too. Yeah. You're starting to do some apartment deals too. And are you using your social media to raise private money, which is an awesome thing that um, is a good byproduct of all of this. Listen, Cody, we're running out of time. I wish we had more time. What would be two things I want to ask you? What would be some advice that you give to beginners that have been listening to this? Some final tips or advice. And second, how can people get a hold of you? I know you've got books and videos. What would be the best uh, resource or place that, um, that we can send them? Yeah. So to new people, I would say a couple things. One, know that you are worthy of success and you need to get to a place where you lean in on things a little bit more. Stop getting overwhelmed and overanalyzing and overthinking everything. Just take massive action, move forward, learn through trial and error, and try to find those people in your world, um, whether online or or physically in your local market, that you can match mirror and get close to and, and learn from. And whatever that costs, do it. 
But most importantly, I would say look in the mirror and get real authentic with yourself, right? Take some massive ownership. I know because I didn't grow up around a lot of money. I could have sat there and blamed my parents for me not having a good relationship with money. Or I could have said, you know, nobody's giving me the shot. I don't have the good opportunities like other people. And I could have made every excuse under the sun because I looked so young and, you know, I was, I've been bullied and picked on my whole life. And I could have said, man, I wasn't born at the right side of the tracks or whatever. And I go back to what I said, when I, when I traveled the world in the military, I quickly started taking ownership and realizing I live in the greatest country on, in the world. We're at the best place in humanity that has ever been for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We didn't have this technology. We didn't have this communication, this speed, these resources, these opportunities like we do today. You know, we're born in a very lucky time and you could sit there and make excuses and become a victim and become cynical and always have your arms crossed or you can roll your shoulders back, take ownership and say, I'm done. I'm done messing around. I'm done being a victim. I'm done blaming others. I'm done being broke. I'm done taking advice from everybody around me. I'm done overanalyzing. I'm done over preparing. I'm no longer going to sit on the sidelines. I'm just done and I'm going to do something about it and it's going to happen right now. And I hope you get pissed and I hope you get there and I hope you just, just get out of your own way. Cause I know for me, I was in my own way for that first year and that's why I quit. And that's why I was constantly wishy-washy, constantly changing directions and thank God for Lyle because he staffed me back on track, showed me what to do, how to do it. And I just, I trusted the process and I did it, but I only was able to do it because I finally got to a place where I took ownership. So that's the best advice I could give you guys for, that are newer. Um, you know, cause I know for me, when I meet guys like Joe, I'm attracted to Joe because, you know, I can feel his authenticity. I can feel that he's the real deal. I can feel that he loves what he does. He's passionate about it. You know, he's, uh, not scared to take risks. He's even at his level, he's constantly learning and asking good questions and putting himself in situations where he's not the smartest guy in the room. You know, he's always looking for the next level of life. And I'm attracted to that success breeds success and attracts success. And so, you know, you're going to, you're, you're on a path now where you're connected to two amazing people. And that I say, good for you. And if Thanks, you want to connect with me further, yes. I say go to fliphousesbook.com, uh, cool. which is a free resource I'm going to give to you. It's just fliphousesbook.com. I wrote the book. It was writing a book is actually hard, believe it or not. Um, to write a good book. Uh, it's been downloaded over 70,000 times wow. just in the last seven months. Yeah. It's super cool book. Uh, it teaches you no money down real estate investing. It shares a little bit more of my personal story, but it goes deep. It's, it's not surface level. This is the meat and potatoes type stuff. And it comes with a free training class. And as soon as you download it, be prepared to see Cody Sperber everywhere because I promise you, I will pixel you. I will follow you around the internet. I will speak and whisper sweet nothings in your ear. I'll pump you up every single day. I'll motivate you. I'll give you the strategies and the tactics to take your life to the next level. And I hope you invite me into your life to do that because I want to do that for you. But it starts at fliphousesbook.com. Fliphousesbook.com. I recommend you guys go there. Cody's always got good stuff, man. I, I've been through his products, his courses. I've used his postcards. I don't know, Cody, if you ever, if we ever talked about this, but I was getting started. Well, this was after I got started, probably about five years ago. 
I was using your postcards and, and um, I don't have time to show it with you, but it's one of them that says something about we buy houses regardless of equity, doesn't matter which, but the language you had in that postcard was really, really good. Even for me, as I was trying to do lease options, use that postcard. I also have used your postcards a lot for finding cash buyers, but um, nice. cool. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, Cody, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, you all listening to this at the podcast, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Go there to get the show notes. If you're driving right now and you can't write down that link, just go to the podcast website and you'll get the link on there. But again, it's fliphousesbook.com. And uh, I'd also encourage you to check out Cody's YouTube channel. Check him out on Facebook um, and uh, Instagram. I think your, your handle is um, Clever Investor. Is that right? That's it. At Clever Investor on everything, baby. Nice. All right. Hey, thanks again, Cody. I sure appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, man. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. We'll see you guys all later. Take care. Bye-bye. 